Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday night at 6.15 p.m. and Thursday at noon central time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, we have you covered in podcast form the very next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad. I am a contributor at the Viking Age as well as zone coverage and bring me the news. And on your right is my co-host, Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age podcast. And Adam, we'll just get right into it today because the Vikings picked up another win to improve to 4-1 and one this year. 29-22 over the Chicago Bears on Sunday. So I'm just going to ask right out of the gate, how are you feeling about this team after the win on Sunday? I mean, they're 4-1. and one. And We've already talked a bunch about how wins in the NFL, are, are they all count the same. So they're they're four and one, the first place in the NFC North, because the Packers lost to the Giants uh, on Sunday in London. Uh, they're the second number number two seed in the NFC right now behind the Eagles. That's the only team they've lost to. Um, I know that these games have been close, but they've also played two divisional opponents, which those games tend to be a little more closer than than usual because those teams just they just know more about each other than, than than other teams around the league do. So, um, And the Bears specifically, like the Vikings have had trouble with the Bears, regardless of whether it's been in U.S. Bank Stadium or in Chicago. It's always been a battle uh, with the Bears for some reason, whether the Bears are good or whether they're bad. Uh, I think this is only Kirk Cousins' second win uh, at home against the Bears during his Vikings career. So um, I'm fine. They're 4-1, and one. you know, are these wins pretty? No, but look around the NFL. Like this is there's the Steelers and the Bills game yesterday where the Bills won by like 90 points. That's that's not the norm in today's NFL. The norm the norm is every game's coming down to the last possession and it's these small things that make a difference and right now the Vikings are doing enough to make a difference and they have four wins. So, I'm I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty good. I think these wins are establishing confidence with this team. Yeah. Like even if they're not pretty wins, as you like to call them, I think that the Vikings are doing a good job of just winning the game, like finding a way to win no matter it, it, like, I think we talked about it last week. It's like in wrestling, you know, when the bad guy grabs the foreign object out of his trunk uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, was Eddie Gu- would have been Eddie Guerrero's 55th birthday. And like his motto was lie, cheat and steal because he'd grab the steel chair and like hit it on the ground and then throw mm-hmm. it at the bad guy and like mm-hmm. act like he got smashed in the head with it. That's what the Vikings are doing right now. They're winning by any means necessary. And the last two years, they weren't able to do that. And I think that Kevin O'Connell has established this positive culture. Like think of the last play. Cameron Dantzler got burned then he got like stiff armed into the mm-hmm. core of the earth by Amir Smith Marset, but he got up, finished the play, and got the game winning strip. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that if Mike Zimmer was still on this team, the first words out of his mouth would be like, Well, Cam, you got to do this better. He wouldn't have been getting a game ball. Like, he would have, you know, he would have given it to, I don't know, like Dalvin or something. Like, yes. I, 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 just, I just think that, you know, Kevin O'Connell coming in there and be like, Hey, hell of a play, way to not give up on the play. That's huge. And that establishes things like Cameron Ansel last year with Mike Zimmer. I mean, he was in the doghouse for Bashad Breland, who was getting yep. cooked every week. So this team, when they go into late game situations now, they go, hey, we can pull this out. and We can find a way to win. 
where I, I don't think the last two years they felt that way. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Delvin Cook. Uh, three guys got game balls yesterday, and he wasn't one of them despite having like 120 total yards and two touchdowns. He's probably like, hey, what the? What, what? <laughs> but he's, <laughs> you don't he's matter captain anymore. Whatever. You're just a running back. Yeah, I'm a modern he, coach. He's a, He's a captain. He understands because you know, Justin Jefferson has a, had an amazing day. Kirk Cousins had a great first half, uh, and he finished strong as well. Uh, and then, you know, Cam Dancer, uh, that, that game wouldn't have been won without him. Well, and uh, I, but, you know, and another I, thing is, too, okay, you, you kind of mentioned, I, sorry to cut you in, but who yeah. needs confidence more? You think Dalvin Cook needs a game ball to feel better about himself? No. Like he said he's a captain. A guy like Cameron Dancer to get a game ball, be like, hey, way to yeah. make that big play. You know, I mean, it, it's like coaching one-on-one and like older yeah. people will be like, oh, these this new generation is soft. But I mean, they need that to like improve. So, I mean, if I they like are, that. then fine. Yeah. Figure out how to work with them. Like just just because they change doesn't mean you, that you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of what hurt Zimmer in the end. It's like, well, they need to change for me instead of me changing for them. And now he's gone. But I think that the, the one of the biggest differences in this year's team in the last few years is that the Vikings have like role players stepping up where in years past, they've always had like a good, some good top end talent guys with Jefferson and Delvin cook. And you can put Kirk cousins in there and Daniel Hunter and Harrison Smith. But this year there's every, every week it feels like there's a different role player, you know, stepping up last week. It was Chris Boyd, uh, the week before against the Lions, it was KJ Osborne catching the game winning touchdown. This week, it's Cam Dantzler. Like the Vikings didn't really have that uh, the last few years. They just had their top guys, and if they couldn't get it, then then they really lost. But this year, they've got guys just stepping up from lots of positions, and I feel like that's been as much of their success as as anything else because it just it's a big help because you know the top guys can only do so much, and if they're not. On top of their game, like in the second half yesterday when Kirk Cousins kind of went on the back burner, Jefferson kind of disappeared. Uh, they needed help from other guys. And, uh, you know, Irv Smith even stepped up yesterday as well on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, they, they've they been getting more help from, from the guys that they need. And I think that's a, the difference between teams that are good in the NFL these days and teams that aren't. You know, they're getting help from, from their role players and they need them just as much as they need them as their top guys. So I think that's, that's been a big difference. Well, I think we're going to talk about both sides of the Vikings here because there was some good and there was some bad yesterday, but I think one of the biggest things that came out of yesterday's game was the possible return of Kirk Tober. Didn't really see it against the saints, but he came out guns a blazing in this game, completed his first 18 passes. His nine of those passes went to Justin Jefferson, which is insane that the bears were just like, well, just to have Justin Jefferson beat us. Oh my, he can, he, he definitely can beat us. So uh, they wound up clamping down on him. But Kirk on the afternoon, 32 for 41, 296 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and the game-winning quarterback sneak with 229 remaining. So I'll ask you straight up, has Kirk Tober arrived? Um, I think it's – you could probably say so after yesterday. He didn't th- he did, I guess he technically did throw a touchdown because of that uh, Jalen Rager mm-hmm. – uh, pitch counted as a touchdown. Um, so he threw a touchdown yesterday. He, you know, he started off great, led them to three touchdown drives. Um, and then for whatever reason, the third quarter this year uh, for the Vikings has been just some anomaly. I don't know, like, 
if they're making adjustments at, at the half or or they're not, or the, if they are, they're making the wrong adjustments. But I don't think they've scored a touchdown in the third quarter this year. I know they've had a field goal or two, but they haven't found the end zone in the third quarter this year in five games. So that's got to be figured out because then that's that's the time when the other team seems to catch up and then the Vikings have to kind of come back or at least try and if the game's closer in the fourth quarter. And uh, yesterday, I don't, I don't, I feel like it shouldn't have been like that. You, you storm out to a 21 to three lead. You should be able to, you know, hold on to that or at least keep going, keep, keep pushing on the gas. And it kind of felt like the Vikings slowed down a little bit in the third quarter, but yeah, we can go with, we can go with it started. It's a different, different kind of Kirktober. It's a, a more, it's a happier Kirktober, but you know, there's maybe, uh, maybe there's less, less to be excited about like there's it's it's a more com, com not complex but like um i can't even think of it but like compounded yeah 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 but like you so like you go into a store and let's just it's downsized we'll just say that um there's there's it, he's still playing well he's still playing at a, at a high level but there's also things where you're like you know you more plays could have been made yesterday uh and he's still adjusting to the offense i think that's part of it but yeah he, he played well yesterday um, I guess they just had to wait to get in the U.S. for it to officially start. They had to get back on home turf. Kirktober can't is not an international holiday. It's just yeah, a right. You know they call it hand egg over there in right. London. It's so, like how they have thank I mean, we have Thanksgiving over here and it's a different date in Canada and and uh, I don't even know if they celebrate it in England or whatever. But I don't Fourth know. of July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go with that, but uh, you know, um, it's it's like some Christmases you get bigger presents than other Christmases. Like uh-huh. some some Christmas you get the Nintendo sixty four to completely date myself. Other Christmases <laughs> you get socks, which socks are elite now because I'm old and it's mm-hmm. amazing, and I don't mm-hmm. want to buy them. Um, you know, I I think Kirk played well overall. Like that, those first three drives, you know. Sean, Mc, or Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell talked about how he gives his quarterback like Sean an option. McVay misses Kevin play. O'Connell right now. Yeah, yeah, that sure is not <laughs> looking that way. Um, you know, it's kind of like the ask coach menu in Madden, you know, where you got three plays and you got to choose from one. That's basically what he does for Kirk Cousins. And Kirk was checking down the plays yeah, a lot at the line of scrimmage yesterday and calling them. So, I mean, the way Kirk started that game, was outstanding. And I think it really paced the rest of that afternoon. We talk about like building confidence that last drive, he's scrambling for first downs. He's diving in on the quarterback sneak. He's getting dirty. Yeah. It was against the bears. I mean, that that's what Kirk cousins does like noon opponent NFC or noon game, NFC North opponent, us bank stadium. It's like the ultimate warrior when the planets, the grim lap system line, you know, but I think, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the things that went wrong. And, and it's an entire offensive issue. It's not just Kirk cousins. It's just, you mentioned it the third quarter after they went up 21 to three, their next four drives were punt missed field goal. And that was at the end of the half. So maybe they could have found their way into the end zone. Who knows blocked field goal after a uh, onside kick recovery. And then another punt, those drives averaged six plays, 25 yards and just under two minutes and 30 seconds. So, when we look at how the Bears got back into this game, that played a huge role. I, w- I was at uh, South Dakota State in South Dakota this weekend for my other job at the Brookings Register. And 
the Jackrabbits, they got off to kind of a rocky start. They got going, and in the third quarter, they had a 15-play, eight-minute drive that just basically put the game away. They went up 28-3 to after that. Like, those are the type of drives the Vikings need, and they had one at the end of the game. They just need to figure out how to get those drives in the middle of the game, and then their offense and their defense is going to look really good. Yeah, the defense was good in the first half as well. I, I know we're going to talk about that, but um, they they looked good as well in the first half. Uh, second half, I, I don't know if yeah, like like I said, I don't know if they're not making adjustments or they're just making the wrong adjustments because I feel like Kevin O'Connell is someone who would make adjustments. Um, but yeah, those first three drives, I, I really noticed that a lot of the plays were from under center, um, at least with Kirk. Uh, a lot of them were play action. It looked like they were, that's, and that's his, his strength. Uh, I, th- I believe his, his shotgun pass rating this year is like around 75 or 80, and his under center pass rating is like 110. So that needs to happen more. And they did that. And, it, and it, at times it even reminded me of, I'm not saying he's this player, but the, like, the Colts offense when Peyton Manning was in there, he would go up the line every time, every time he would audible, just adjust, make all the adjustments necessary to get the right advantage. And it Omaha. felt like at times, yeah, it felt like, yes, yes, Omaha. Uh, Omaha, it felt, Omaha. It felt a lot like what Kirk Cousins was doing yesterday. Like they'd get to the line, he'd get on our center, and then he'd be like, okay, hey, like, what do we need to change? Where do you need to be? And like all this. And that's just, just that subtle little thing can throw off a defense so much. They're like, oh, they're changing something. They they might not they might not even be changing something. He just could just be doing an act and then, you know, running the play that was already called. But just that that difference is something we haven't seen with the Vikings offense uh ever. Um so <laughs> that was interesting to see and it was interesting to see. It's good to see that Kirk Cousins is like like you said, he's getting more control. He's probably feeling more confident in this offense. And that'll continue. Uh, especially when they go in the bye week and they can look back at all this film and be like, all right, we can do this. We can do this. Well, we can do this. We shouldn't do this. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to see like how, how they come out of the bye Cause I feel like they, they have the right coaching staff to, to help these guys, you know, fix the problems that they have, especially on the defensive side. Cause they're going to have to do some fixing. Yeah. The defense uh, had a little bit of issues on Sunday, Uh, The Bears came into the game as the lowest scoring offense in the NFL. They had 16 points per game coming in. They scored 22. They had the worst passing offense in the NFL at 96 yards per game. Justin Fields threw for 208 yards. Uh, They allowed pressure on 49% of Justin Fields' dropbacks. Now, the Vikings got 44.8, but Zadarius Smith and DJ Wanham tied for five each. And because Ed Donatel's defense plays like 10 yards off the line scrimmage, Justin Fields was able to run around and look like Russell Wilson out there. Uh, The good one, not the the current one. Um, What's wrong with the Vikings defense right now? Uh, I, I, I... Honestly, I don't know because you look at their their numbers. They're they're like top. They're like fourteenth in, in points allowed. Uh, they're good on third down. You look at I'm looking at their their like overall PFF grade for defense right now, and they rank eleventh. Their run defense ranks third, which is weird. Uh, like pass coverage is is not not pass coverage. Pass rush is up there. Tackles up there. Like. The only real thing that's that they're struggling with, it feels like, is cover pass coverage, and and because it feels like they just leave the middle of the field is just 
wide open. And I don't know if that's because of the scheme or it's because of Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks or the safeties. Um, I noticed that Brian Asamoa got some some opportunities yesterday. I believe he had like six defensive snaps, um, and most of them were on uh, some longer third downs, so he could be around to either be in coverage or, or blitz because he got in there on that Daniel Hunter sack uh, early in the game. He came in and helped get Justin Fields down. So that's that's a positive, I think. And then it, it sounds like Andrew Booth Jr. is going to be ready to play uh, next week, which is weird to me because they have the bye right after. So I'm like, why don't you just, just keep him out? one more game and then he can heal even more, but I guess he's going to come back next week. So that's more help for the secondary, which seems to be just the weakest part of, of the defense because the defensive line seems pretty good. The pass rush seems pretty good. Just once you get to that, the linebackers and and the secondary, it seems like they need to do better at coverage and and tackling. And uh, like I said, I don't know if that's scheme or players and they might not be able to really do a whole lot, but, what they're doing right now is enough, I guess. But is that is that going to be enough to get you far in the playoffs? I don't know. But they have a lot, a lot of time to figure that out. It could be players also adjusting to a new scheme. We, I don't think a lot of us have thought about that either. That this this team that was built for a four three defense switched to a three four. Um, so I don't think that's maybe emphasized enough because that could be a huge part of it. I think there's a couple of things wrong here. First of all, like I, I went back and I thought about 2017 because like that's what everybody uses as the gold standard for Viking yeah. defense, at least in the modern era. And that defense, you had a lot of young up and coming players five years this ago, a, right? Yeah, this is a defense that has a lot of veterans now. Like there's a lot and it's supposed to be a speed oriented defense. Lewis seen was a first round pick of the Vikings because his athletic score was through the roof. Yeah. You don't have him on the field and you don't have him playing now because of that injury. Like you don't have a lot of guys that have that. I mean, Brian Asamoah is a player that has that freakish yeah. speed and ability and athletic prowess to get from one area to another. That's the whole illusion of complexity that they want to bring on defense. So I believe that you're kind of right. When you have a whole bunch of guys that are pushing 30 or on the wrong eight side of 30, then they're going to have problems executing this defense. The secondary also is a problem for me. Um, I think there's been a lot of miscommunication. I think Chandon Sullivan has been torched in the Barely. slot. Yeah. Although I, I will say there's not that Mooney catch was on that Mooney catch. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that was that's just like, all right, whatever, dude, that that's a hell of a catch. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, even though he's a good I, player watching him run routes and just juke everybody out of their shoes. Yeah. He's, he's good. I but think Mooney Bears, is good. It just, yeah. The Bears will find a way to screw that up. So, right. Yeah. And the Bears, <laughs> they don't care about offense. So, uh, that's kind of it. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. I also look at the Vikings defense and I like, here's the thing. I think the Vikings philosophy on defense has changed. I was on uh Cy Amundsen's podcast, I think last year, and he was talking about defense and how it's changed in the NFL. Mike Zimmer wanted to choke you out on defense. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to extinguish anything. Like he wanted to hold everybody to like 10 points. Like if he could which is like impossible in today's NFL because it's mm-hmm. geared towards offense. It's geared toward passing this group. Ed Donatel is just like, I just don't want to give up big plays. I don't want to give up touchdowns. I don't want to give up any of that. 
Patrick Peterson said that when he talks to Cameron Dantzler, he'd say, he says the same thing. Don't give up touchdowns. He's like, you're going to let him catch the ball all day long. But, but I mean, as long as you keep him out of the end zone, it's not going to hurt us. So this is like the ultimate Ben don't break type thing. And I mean, everybody's blood pressure kind of rose when the bears were driving at the end there, but you know what? They're, they're 16th in points right now. They're 16th in points allowed. They held the bears to 22 points. They held the saints. What was it? 20, uh, it would have tied to get 25. So, so 25 points against the saints, 24 points against the Eagles, 24 points against the lions. They held the Packers to six. I mean, they, they're allowing I, Mike Zimmer's magic number was 24. Yeah. So even though they're moving the ball, I thought it was 21. And, maybe it is 21. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it could well, have gone up. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, it's more about holding serve than is choking someone out yeah. at this point. Like, you want to have teams be able to go blow for blow with the other team's offense. And that's why the offense concerns me a little bit. And I, I think that the Vikings have enough where they can figure it out. They can figure out how to get some long sustained drives to keep the ball away from their opponent, keep this defense off the field and choke people out that way. Right. I apparently I'm really into like choking people out in this podcast, but I mean, th- that's what that, it is. Wasn't you, that fight you play keep match. away. Yeah, exactly. You keep the you keep the ball away from the opponent. They can't do anything if they don't have the ball. And I mean, that's how Mike Zimmer played. It was just a different style. Yeah, and uh, now that I like said it out loud, I, I really think it has a lot to do with the, the switching of the scheme because there's a lot of players from last year that are still there and mm-hmm. who who never played in the three four. Um, you know, you got Kendricks, Neil Hunter. You know. Delvin Tomlinson was in the 4-3. DJ won. I'm like, they might have played 3-4 in college or whatever, but it's different in the NFL. Um, and a lot of the top defenses we see around the league, like the Bills or the Niners, like these these defenses are good because they've been together for a while and they've been running the same scheme for a while. So, like, they don't need to, like, worry about where someone's going to be. They, they just know someone's going to be there. So, like, this, this is... a a big adjustment, and I think it was kind of telling last week when Ed Donatel was asked about you know Daniel Hunter, and he's like, this this like this adjustment usually happens. Like he's he's switching from a four three to a three four. It's part of the the adjustment. It's it's uh, a kind of annoying to hear that Daniel Hunter <laughs> needs time to adjust, but he does. It's it's totally different than anything he's really ever done before in the NFL. And sometimes it takes time. Not everyone's going to switch immediately and be like Dalvin Tomlinson and just excel so much in a three, four, like he has been this year. Um, so I just, I think that has a lot to do with it. And we, we, we talk about the offense and how they're, they're adjusting to a new scheme all the time. Like that's why some of their struggles are happening, but I think we need to look at the defense and, and focus on that more and kind of maybe give them a little more leeway to know that because they're switching their, their switch might even be more drastic in the offense. So what do you think about the special teams meltdown that happened yesterday? Because that that's another area of concern. Uh, Greg Joseph missed a field goal. He had another blocked. He's now eight of 12 uh, on the greatest season of his life that Matt Daniels predicted. Uh, Shane Wright had a punt that looked Ryan. like something you would see, or excuse me, Ryan. I don't know why I said Who's Shane. Shane Wright? I don't know. Who is that? Nobody Google it. It's probably a wrestler. I probably like went back into like WCW. Yeah. Days or something. yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm um, like a jobber. Yeah. 
<laughs> local competitor Shane Wright about to fight <laughs> Braun Strowman here. Um, Ryan Wright shanked a punt mm-hmm. that looked like uh, something you would see on a Saturday morning at the driving range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jalen Rager muffed a punt. They yeah. almost got caught sleeping on the onside kick. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I'll just say my opinion first. Like Matt Daniels doesn't seem like a dummy where no. he's he, like, he's going to go in there and be like a, disappointed parent yeah, i yeah. think just you know, you not like rip them up yeah. but just be like guys come on yeah well i think after after the saints game when everyone was just super thrilled about the play of the special teams and everyone was like tooting their horns mm-hmm. they might have got a little for themselves and then uh you know maybe maybe they didn't do watch as much film or do as many practice reps maybe as they should have and and i think matt daniels would probably be like you need to do the same things that you do Every week. Um, yeah, having Matt Daniels as the coach and what he's been able to do so far uh, makes me not worried about the special teams. Greg Joseph, the thing I'm worried about is his performance at home. He missed both of his kicks against the Lions, too. So he's missed his last four inside U.S. Bank Stadium. If you want to get in the playoffs and you want a home playoff game, you're probably going to need him to make some kicks at home. Mm-hmm. Um, now, most, I believe, I think all of his kicks have been over 50. So... That might have something to do with it too. You know, 50, yeah. 50 yard kicks are hard. I know there's kickers in the league that make them look easy. Justin Tucker just closes his eyes and makes 60 yards. Um, so, but those are still, still hard kicks to make in the NFL. Uh, I think the block happened. Uh, I watched a couple of times. Looks like Johnny Munt didn't really do much. He just kind of let the edge guy just do whatever he wanted. Um, and uh, he got there. So I don't put that on, on Greg Joseph for the holder or anything like that, but. And the Rager thing, we knew that he had some fumbling problems before. Uh, it seems like they're more when he's running. So that's something to be cautious about. But I don't really know what they can do to, to solve that because they don't really have any other options as, as punt returner. And the Ryan Wright punt, that's going to happen. It's just sometimes that happens. Luckily, it happened in a game against the Bears that you won and not like in a game where you need to win the NFC North. NFC championship game. Yeah. Like that's typically when it happens for the Vikings, but you know, everyone has their bad days. Kirk Cousins had one against the Eagles. He shook it off and he's been doing better. So I I feel like the same thing's going to happen for the special teams. I still feel oddly confident about the Vikings special teams. I probably shouldn't, but I still do. I think the good thing that we can point to right now is the Vikings record where yep. this is now their best start since 2016 when they went 5-0. and yep. uh, Right now, Philadelphia and the New York Giants are the only two teams with better records in the NFC. Those Giants. And what, did I, what did I tell you before the season? I said, Brian Dable. My job were yeah. those Giants. I have they, they were impressive on Sunday morning. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I don't think it was a game where the Packers let it slip away. I think the Giants just clawed their way back. If Barkley, if Barkley gets hurt, though, they're done. Like, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> he's their whole offense. He literally, he literally is their whole offense. He's taking snaps from like. Under it also center. helps when Aaron Rodgers only wants to throw the ball to his friends instead of running the offense. Yeah, Randall like, Cobb and Tanyan, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like Aaron Lazard does. and Dobbs are just like, "What the hell, man? Give give me the ball." But then, but then, but then after the game, he blames everyone else. Right. Yeah. He's like, "This locker room stinks," and it's like. Mm, you're in it, so you might have something to do with that. I think I saw the meme that was like, I can't win without Devontae. And then on the other side, it was Daniel Jones. Be like, 
Daniel Sims is my number one receiver. Or David Sims. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, what his name it is. Even, it doesn't even matter. No, no. Like, whatever. Um, I would say this about the Vikings. I think they're a flawed team right now. But it's not like 2016 flawed where you see everything and you're like, how are they winning? Like, you kind of understand how they're pulling these games out. And I think by winning these games, you are in a position where you can look at the flaws and go, okay, how do we fix this? Like we're kind of getting back to what we've been saying the last couple of weeks, but you're three games over 500. There's only two teams ahead of you. The last two years, you got off to a lousy start and the entire NFC was above you. 2020, one in five start. Okay, we got to catch up and get back to 500. 2021, one in three. All right, we got to get back to 500. Then you get a almost to 500 and then you fall back down, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's that glass ceiling. Now you're ahead of it and you can say, okay, we have a cushion for error. If we start slipping up here, maybe drop a game. We're not supposed to, it's okay. We can come back from that. Uh, At this point, I think the Vikings are a playoff team. I think they're good enough to get in, especially with the way the rest of the NFC looks. And I think they definitely can win the NFC North. I, I don't know if that means like a 12 or 13 win team. I think, Maybe they're about, I, I think they can get to double digit wins. Yeah. Like what, what, 10 and seven that would be. I, I think that's yeah. definitely possible with the schedule they have and what they've shown so far, but they're in the driver's seat to control their own destiny. Whereas in previous years, it's like, well, we need Philly to lose. We need new Orleans to lose. We need to do this. We need that. We need, it's just, Hey, win games and we're in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think I looked at 538's projections after right before the show, and they have the Vikings finishing 11 and be what 11 and six, and they have like an 85% chance now to make the playoffs. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, but yeah, a lot of their even even with the Vikings struggles, they're still four and one. And like you said, the NFC, like other than the Eagles, who have their own flaws because they almost lost to the Cardinals yesterday, not for. Not if not for the kicker, the Cardinals kicker that would just tie the game. But they've 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 had some some close. They went down fourteen to the Jaguars. Like they they they're beatable. The Vikings just that was not their night. Um, but um, they're playing the Eagles are playing the Cowboys next week. I think so. That'll be interesting to see how how that goes because the Cowboys defense is looking real good. Um, but yeah, the the rest of the NFC there's no there's no team like I. Yeah, there's no team that I wouldn't feel like the Vikings couldn't beat right now. Even the Eagles, I feel like if they got another chance at them, they'd they'd be able to try some different things that didn't work before, um, and and try and figure that out. So right now, I feel like maybe the Bills and Chiefs are the only two teams where I'm like, I don't think the Vikings have the chance. Uh, even the even the Chiefs, I, I don't like maybe just the Bills, but even them, they, I, I don't know. Like this, this whole the whole NFL is really just it's pretty open. But the Bills looked was, really good yesterday, so that's why I was like the Bills. I was going to say the Bucks, but then again, they got <clears throat> a win because uh, you know to a guy because <laughs> they have Tom Brady. That's why. Oh my God, hey, you can't do it to Tom Brady. You can't. No, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Uh, you blew on Tom Brady like you're. Uh, who's the Who's the basketball player that's famous for blowing in LeBron's ear? Uh, Lance Stevenson. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. roughing the passer in the NFL. <sighs> it just and then uh, Teddy goes down and they put him in the. I saw I saw something. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins gets like. 
slapped in the face every game and there's no there's never a hands of the face call ever right so yeah, yeah. that's 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 the that's a tom brady advantage but when you're that good you kind of earned it so I'm, i can't be mad about that <laughs> i feel like the vikings have a good chance to be six and one like oh, yeah uh, i i think and that would be the buffalo game right because they play arizona after the so so you go to miami if they're down to their third string quarterback, it should be a game you win. I think it's going to be a tricky game. I I don't know. Something about going to Miami doesn't really make me. Yeah, we like got to check this. the weather. We got to check that weather. Before, yeah, because if it's if it's the sun's beating down, that's that seems to make a difference for whatever reason. Because they put you on the the opposite sideline where like the sun's just like there's no shade. It just like shines. They on make you wear the purple, the dark jerseys and everything. Yeah, but, but for some reason, I feel like Kevin O'Connell's staff or whatever this week they'll like prepare them by just like everyone has to go into like a sunroom for like 10 minutes and you have to practice in there like for the day just to prepare them for the the heat or whatever if they have to deal with that but i think weather will be a factor uh that's where cory stringer rules have something to do uh, against that uh as they should uh but and mike mcdaniel he's a good he's proven that he's a, a pretty good coach he can come up with some some good game plans and i think if he has a a week to prepare with a quarterback like wh- whoever he's going to have, I don't think it's going to be Tua. Uh, does they probably aren't going to have Teddy? Um, I think if he has a week to prepare with somebody, that's going to be better than him just using someone who is just going in to the game like it was on on Sunday. But yeah, this this game, I could I can see the Vikings losing. They should win. I think they're favored by two and a half, three and a half. I think two and a half. Um, I'm worried about that Cardinals game though, actually, because. For whatever reason, they have been really good on the road. Uh, I think they're like ten and one or ten and two in the last like twelve road games, and they've been terrible at home. Like lost like their last ten in a row or something at home. It's really weird, but for whatever reason, they play really well on the road. Um, and then, so this game's in U.S. Bank Stadium. So I I'd rather it be in Arizona because um, I feel like the Vikings would have a better chance. But at the same time. The Vikings should beat. They have a, they have two weeks to prepare for this game. They should be able to beat the Cardinals. And then, yeah, they've got what? After that is the Commanders, which feels like that's just a game. That's just a sneak. The Vikings start 6-1. and one. They go to Washington to play the Commanders. And they that's, that's, that is a typical Vikings game where they lose. And they're like, what happens? Like, it wasn't our day. You know, and Kirk Cousins gets spooked by going back to Washington. And, yeah. So yeah, I think they can. Yeah, I think they can start six and one. I'm just worried about that that Cardinals game for for some reason because Kyler Murray, he, for you can't cut him out. You can't. You just can't. I'm looking right now to see if there's a double XP weekend on Call of Duty when they play the Vikings, <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's posted yet. Apparently, well, there, there should be. It should be like a a, a surprise a flash sale or whatever. Arizona seems like they they just want. Kyler Murray dead right now, for lack of a better term. Like and Justin Pugh coming in and like defending the kicker, being like, dude, this isn't his fault. Like, I mean, you missed the kick, but yeah, your $200 million quarterback slides down early and then he spikes it on third down to bring Oh, but I did down. hear I did hear though that in the in the stadium, they put it on the the clock that it was a first down. I did oh. hear that. So that that so he probably, probably looked up and then that is probably why he spiked the ball. Um, there was I a would, lot of clock error yeah, on so Sunday. Like, 
the guy, the stadium people are big part to blame for that because uh, Kyler probably looked up. He's like, oh, it's first down. Let's just spike it. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he spiked it on third down either. So. <laughs> you know, you want to know a nightmare I had as a kid? Like, I dreamed yes. once the Vikings were in a Super Bowl and uh, Dante that Culpepper it, was like driving them on the final drive of the game. Mm-hmm. And it was like third and 10 and he completed it to Moss for like nine yards. And like he started running up and he's like, spike it. And there he was like, no. And he spiked <laughs> it on fourth down and the Vikings lost. Oh, like, no. <laughs> true story. I actually had that dream. It's like a but, Chris Weber situation. Time off. <sighs> but Anyway, um, well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of the Viking Age podcast. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel, usually at night, but we've been bouncing around a little bit. We'll try and be a little more consistent. It's my fault. It's, it is my fault. <laughs> uh, like, comment, share, and subscribe. He's Adam Patrick. I am Chris Ed, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>